The views and opinions of any of the guests of After Hours AM are not necessarily the views and opinions of After Hours AM, its hosts, its staff, or any of its affiliates. Broadcasting live from the After Hours AM studio, Joel Sturgis and Eric AM. Yep, it's Thursday night. Yeah, June 8th. It's one hell of a nice night out there. I'm your host, Joelster. Just right along with me. Eric Olson. Eric, man, we got some wacky weather in our neck of the woods that's coming right your way. Well, what's happening there? Thunderstorms, man. Massive ones. Dogs and cats oh. living together kind of storms. Like mass hysteria stuff going on. Ick. So, and it's traveling westward. Oh boy! So yeah. well, that sounds like uh, we may have a, what a rain out for Saturday's game for yeah. Alex. Yeah, it sounds like it. I know we are. Uh, it's weird. It's just been a weird weather pattern, and I, I know no one tuned in to hear the weather, of course, because they're already dealing with their own. And most of us are going, man. You know, I remembered where summers were a little warmer than this, but it is what it is. Hey, man, how about those calves? What's going yeah, on with them? That game last night, woo, did that suck. Yeah. What's going on with that It would appear team? to just be not their year. You know, they did not have a great regular season. They did blow through the playoffs until this round. And it just may be the Warriors Golden are State, just man. too much. But if that game last night would have been last year, they would have won. Well, but they just collapsed at the end. They didn't score the last, I don't even know how many minutes. Golden State is the most stacked team ever. In history. So, you know, if you're going to lose, at least you're losing to a stacked team. But I don't want them to get swept. No, uh, that'd be ugly. Uh, 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 that'd be uh, uh. ugly. But they did win last year, okay? Now, yes, I have no sympathy for you, and I, let me explain why. <laughs> You've heard why. I have, in my home state, the Timberwolves. All right? At least you made it to the dance. We didn't get our shoes on. 
I know. It's and, true. You know, so I don't even follow them anymore. That's how bad they are. You know, they are, they're pretty bad and they've been bad for a long time. Oh, years, 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 years. But, you know, hopefully uh, Cleveland will rally and at least show a good showing the next game. And because I think it's getting down to crunch time where they have to put up or shut up, right? Yeah, they're down three nothing. Yeah, yeah so they, all the all the uh, Golden Stairs do is win one more. One more. They, it is highly unlikely that the Cavaliers will win four games it, in a row. It is very, very unlikely. Stranger things have happened, or, or, or I will uh, I will steal Al Michaels' line. Do you believe in miracles? Sure, why not? <laughs> Whenever someone. I mean, last year seemed like a miracle. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. When they came down from yeah. three to one. Yeah. You know, that was bad enough. But I, I don't see them coming back from three. Oh. Yeah. No. No, I don't. I don't see it either. And uh, again, my condolences. You know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I gotta tell you. Maybe it's because that this was all so predicted. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't from Cleveland, no one picked the Cavs, basically. A, yeah. a handful of NBA people said, yeah, well, they can handle it. You know, yeah, but, true, true. But that combined with the fact that they did win last year, I, people just aren't paying that much attention. Well, I didn't, think that, I didn't think Golden State would do this well, because mainly because Stephen A. Smith picked them. To win, right. and he never win. He, he never he's, picks he's the right never one. right. He is never right. So I thought, oh, there you go. There's your smart money. You know, go uh, with the Cavs. It's dispiriting. I mean, the first two were blowouts. Yeah. You know, so the whole second half they just deteriorated. The score got worse and worse throughout the whole second half, and they ended up losing by a ton. Well, well first who- two games. This game at home last night. You know, they were ahead, and they were ahead significantly with only a few minutes to go, and they just fell apart. Well, you, you know, LeBron is really the backbone of that team. Yes, he and, is. And, and so, you know, he can't do it on his own. That is absolutely You know what I mean? True. And that's the, that's the thing of the Cavs, that they've relied on LeBron for so long now, and he is aging, let's just be honest. And uh, I don't think he can bring the magic like he once did. That's all. Well, I you think know? he's... I, he's he had an amazing playoffs. He was playing about the best he's ever yeah. played. Yeah, yeah, but there's, through, there's a limit through the first three rounds. There's but a limit. now you know it's. Uh, yeah, I, you're right. It's it's just not enough when you're playing the most stacked team yeah. in history. You gotta. They probably need one more superstar. They need a Michael Jordan. Well, that would help. <laughs> they need a Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and uh, maybe even uh, uh, what, what's the weirdo's name. The guy, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. They need those three to step up and come play yeah, for except them. except they're old now. Yeah, well, yeah, now they're really, really old <laughs> and decrepit, and they'd probably break a, you know, a hip if they had to take the, you know, take the court. It's too bad. I, I, well, I we all age, my, Eric. My sense is if they do get swept, and I still hope they don't, but if they do, I think we're going to see some fairly substantial changes. Well, I, w- I would imagine you will because you can't th- – well, you guys won last year. I mean, you know, everyone's – just to make it to the dance is an accomplishment. Oh, of course it so, is. And they are certainly good enough. They're, they're the best team in the East. There's no question. Yeah. But – we want to beat Golden State. Well, that is true, and that's what they were built to do, was beat Golden State. And, so I think you know. they're going to need to retool. I'm not sure how they're going to yeah. do it. They're gonna have, 
they're going to have to do what Golden State did last year when they got Durant, and that was wipe out half the roster, yeah. you know, because they needed to well, clear all that space. Well, what they need to space. do then is contact Golden State and say, hey, Kevin Durant, we, we, <laughs> yeah, have, right. we have ice cream and stuff. Well, there are others out there. Maybe Chris Paul. Maybe Paul George. How about we'll love? see. How about Love? Did you get him? Or is he locked they have, up? They have him. Oh, do they? That's right. That Cleveland did get him from the Wolves. That's how much I'm following it. Is They have Kevin Love. Yes. Kevin Love has done just fine. He he. I have no complaints about him. Kyrie, who's you know second in charge after LeBron, he's been up and down in the yeah. finals. Uh, both he and Love were weren't that great the first two games. They were much better in the third. <laughs> well, but in you know. uh, LeBron's okay. been very solid, very consistent. But even he, at the end of the game last night, he missed several shots. Well, here's the deal, Eric. The that game, he had to make the game check still cashes. So true. You know. So you, you, you are know. correct about that. You know, they're they're millionaires. Each and every one of them. Multi, 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 exactly. multi, 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 exactly. multi Yes, they are. Well, anyhow, let's get to some weird news, man. Have Please. you ever, have you ever had a uh, overdue library book? I have. Well, a Connecticut library said an anonymous, anonymous person recently dropped off an apology note and a book that was overdue. Not just overdue. Fifty-two years overdue. <laughs> that been weighing on him it? it must have been the conscience must have hit at west hartford libraries posted a photo on facebook on monday showing an apology note and the card that states the book was back due september 29 1965 <laughs> returning this book to you <laughs> after a while ago. this is what the, this is what the uh person that gave it back says returning this book to you after so many years sorry it took so long Ah, I was a little busy. <laughs> that's that's his excuse. <laughs> I was busy. Sorry, I was busy for fifty-two years, but finally I got around distracted. to it. Yeah, the library said the book was uh, "Who Has Seen the Windy" by or "Who Has Seen the Wind" by W O W O Mitchell. If I can read this, my screen will stop blinking. You ever have that happen to you? I hate that. Oh Win- yeah, Windows sure. sucks once in a while. Anyhow. Uh, thank you to whomever, whomever dropped off the book, the library says. It was a wonderful gift to find this morning, and uh, there will be no fines. <laughs> the fines would have been $27,000. <laughs> Which is probably slightly more than the uh, maybe, book was worth. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the guy's not going to pay the twenty-seven k. Thank I, goodness. I, I would imagine, you know, that... He wouldn't. I would I would hope he wouldn't. I mean, that'd be horrible. It sounds like they were just happy to get the book back. I think that's what it was. Is there, oh, look at this. We got our book back, finally. Hey, uh, have you ever seen the world's largest inflatable inflatable pool toy? No. Well, our buds over at iHeartRadio. Hey, we love you, iHeart, mainly because we're on your station. So, hey, iHeart and AT&T teamed up to create and erect... A massive, a massive record-breaking inflatable pool toy in California. The two companies oversaw the construction of Sally the Swan, a 54-foot-tall, oh light blue Lord. inflatable swan that 54 yes, feet. Yes, that has set the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest inflatable pool toy. Yeah, but what pool could that go uh, in? The Pacific. 
Yes. <laughs> the, the pool of the Pacific. Yes, yes. That's, that's where they'll put it. Right there in the Pacific Ocean. Not too close to the drain because they don't want to leave. Well, wow. Yeah, you know, they don't want to lose that thing. That's, that's a little expensive. So, that is. I wonder large if they could just set it scale, afloat. I would say. What they wow. should do is they should put a GPS tracker on it and just set it afloat. And <laughs> see where, see where it, it goes. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, if they put it in the Pacific, it's going to end up in that huge whirling trash bin. You know, oh, sure, sure. By the China. Whirling, the whirlpool of plastic. Yeah, by China there. Yeah. Y- yep, yep, yep. The Chinese vortex of doom. <laughs> exactly. That's where it's going <laughs> to end up, by golly. You know, last night on True Crime Tuesday, which... Or, Tuesday, Wednesday, I highly recommend everybody. I'm a day off, man. I've been doing home renovations. So I am like, I thought it was Monday today, to be honest with you. But Jesus, Monday, I better do this. My Lord, it's Thursday. I know. So I'm just telling you guys, I am like way behind the times. Anyhow, uh, last night we did not cover any of the Florida man hijinks. And that was really because it's been Florida woman lately. So Florida man's not feeling the love. But this Florida man was busted with 15 bottles of motor oil in his pants. In his pants? In his pants, yeah. A Florida man drew the attention of sheriff's detectives when deputies say he stuffed 15 1-5 bottles of motor oil and 30 DVDs in his pants at a store. What kind of pants was I he have wearing? no idea. Clown it, it must have been those giant clown pants. It's got different compartments, something. The Polk County Sheriff's Office said Detective Phil Ryan parked outside a 7-Eleven store in Lakeland last week and noticed a man walking out of the store with, with slightly more bulk inside of his pants than when he, when he went inside. Zowie. Yeah. Slightly more When he left, Ryan then confronted the man. Ryan followed William jo- uh, William Jason Hall, 38, with 15 quarts of Pennzoil motor oil. Pennzoil? Why Pennzoil? Oh. I and, can't even imagine. And 30, uh, <laughs> and 30 used treasure hunt DVDs in his pants. The sheriff's office said Hall was arrested on charges <laughs> of, of, uh, of theft, obviously which was uh, upgraded to a felony due to the amount that he'd charged. And it had been his third arrest for the same infraction. Wow. Wow. I know. Next time Mr. Hall, uh, this is what police say, next time Mr. Hall needs some motor oil and a last-minute gift, please pay for them. That guy in the car outside just might be a plainclothes detective. You just never know. Wow, that is freakishness. Yeah, I mean, you'd think you'd learn, and I mean, again, what kind of pants can hold that sort of volume? I have no idea. I have no idea why, you know, how he would even think he'd get away with it. I got a great idea. What a serious belt he must be Yeah, he must be like. Huge pants, something. They don't show his pants. I wish they'd show his pants in this. I would say that would be key to the story. That would be. That that would be. Well, you know, because your Cleveland Cavaliers are doing so horrible, (laughs) an artist created a 10-pound lint sculpture of LeBron James. 10-pound lint sculpture? 10 pounds of lint. 
Yeah, um, they're going to give them a hard time. After they this are. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see if if they even win one game, it will be something of a pyrrhic victory. If they can eke out two, I think that they will have redeemed themselves. Uh, there's just no way they're going to win four in a well, row. It's just not possible. What's crazy is this gal. She she got together ten pounds of laundry lint, <laughs> and, and she used it. It was entirely made of lint. To shape this likeness of LeBron James, and I gotta say, it doesn't it actually looks quite a bit like him, to be honest with you. Right down to his tattoos and everything. Wow, I, I know this Sandy uh, Boopy is her name. She must have had a whole lot of time on her hands, so she sat down and designed a, a Cleveland Cavaliers uh, LeBron James bust, entirely made of lint. Wow. Yeah, right? And that's dedication. That is dedication. And that's and, a lot of lint. And a whole lot of wasted time, man. Why would you do that? Uh, I, I, is she a uh, lint sculpturist it otherwise? Well, or is this it, it the just, first time? It just really doesn't go into that that deep of who she is. It just says that she gathered all that lint and then it took her three gallons of glue. Wow. That's a lot and of glue. 30 gallons, okay, equaling 10 pounds of dryer lint. Zow! And get this, she got it all by soliciting donations on social media. Where does she live? Uh, Cleveland, I do believe. I think that's where she, uh, do, 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 she's She's an Ohio artist, and it doesn't say the city. I'm going to go out of limb and say she's probably a Clevelander. Okay. More than likely. But it sounds like they, she is an artist, so maybe this is a medium that she works in. Well, we should in. get a hold of her. You know, we should, Otherwise, you we should, should. We should track her down. She's right in your city. So What inspired yeah, you? Yeah, track her down. We'll talk to her. What, what made you want to do this? Isn't that a little crazy? It's yeah. rather bizarre. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? You know, couldn't you be, I don't know, curing cancer? Maybe helping the homeless? Oh, maybe not. Just, just, just saying, you know, with all that to do. So where what publication did you find this? Oh, uh, let me go back into the story. It uh, this is from UPI News, of course, and off the UPI website. Here, I will ship you a link right now. Of sir, said lint sculptor lady. So it sounds like this is something she does. There otherwise. you go. Yep, there it is. I'm a seeing it. Take yep, a gander yep, yep. at that. It really does look like it him. It does, doesn't it? She did all that right. Is, that is not she bad. It's all, all over. Right. It's in USA Today. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. It's Sports everywhere. Illustrated. Yes. It's been on TV. Yes. Yes. Well, wow. did you did you hear the story? Not bad. For the longest time, police are telling everyone that there's a vending machine that was distributing cocaine, right, in California. <laughs> did you hear about this yet? No. Tell well, me. Police said that a white powder found inside a toy dispenser uh, dispenser in a vending machine in California restaurant was cocaine originally. Now they're coming back to say, nope, our bad. It's not cocaine. Just kidding. Yeah, just joking. I can't believe this. They took the sugar, right? Do you remember the powdered sugar when we were kids that turned color if you lick it or whatever? Right, you know what I'm talking about. It came with a stick a lot of times. You stick it in there and you lick it. Sure, sure, sure. Yes. And and uh, well, that's what this vending machine was was associated with. That. Are you talking candy. about pixie sticks? Kind of, sorta. 
It came kinda. in pouches. Okay. I had a thing. You'd lay oh, yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I do. I do remember that. Yep. But now these police mistook this, um, you know, sweet goodness for being cocaine. How do you mistaken being a law enforcement officer powdered sugar for being cocaine? You, you tell me. Did they snort it? You would think they, I think what they normally do is a teeny tiny little taste. And they're supposed to recognize well, that taste. Hello, sugar. <laughs> you, know. I, I, you, would, you would think they would figure it out on the spot. But yeah. hey, maybe, maybe it was a, uh, a novice. Well, uh, this is what they claim. The powder which was inside balloons inside this vending machine. Uh, that were originally reported to be balls of putty, which was not. It turned out to be this the sugar, and uh, is believed now to be harmless baking soda or talcum powder or sugar. So no worries, you're done. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So now well, you would think they could as a result, out which of those it is, huh? Yeah, as a, as a result, right? This vending machine was sold out in ten minutes. As I soon as they it said was. it was cocaine, man, everybody was running down there. You kidding me? There's a vending machine with cocaine? What? I don't have to talk to Paco down the docks anymore? Yes! It's finally come true. Well, you know they have beer vending machines in Japan. I want one of those, actually. I've always wanted to get an old Coke machine and, tur- and just beer. That's it. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be awesome, but then charge people for it. You know. Because I got too it- many freeloaders in my life. I'm yeah, just saying. I do. You'd have to charge. I have a lot of freeloaders. You have those buddies that stop over, and, of course, next thing you know, they're drinking your beer, your soda, whatever, right? Right out of your vending right machine. Right out of it, you know, and they're such freeloaders. It's time to crack down on the freeloaders, my friend, and get a vending machine and charge their asses. Absolutely. Because $10 you know. a beer. Oh, that's high, man. That is high. I better put in... Uh, I guess I can't be stuck in Milwaukee's best then for ten bucks a beer. No, no. You say, look, we're charging Manhattan prices. <laughs> Manhattan prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you know. even have to travel to no, Manhattan. No, you can get screwed right here financially. Right you get here, over. ten dollars a beer. No, not a problem. Ten bucks a beer. Hell, I'll sell you two for twenty. All right, it's just that's like a kind going of guy. To stadium, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like going to any oh, sporting God. event. That's the worst part about going to the movies or sporting events is the concession prices. Oh, they're absurd. It's unreal. I think when I went to a Vikings game, it was 15 bucks for a hot dog. Oh, my. Really? Yeah. Even that's Well, I mean, it was a, one of those big old um, uh, Polish dog things. But still. Yeah. Yeah. Stadium dogs or whatever. They were that's charging big bucks. Really a lot. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, we went to, um, we went to, Don and I, uh, went to the Hollow Oats and Tears for Fears concert. Back in 1983. <laughs> no, just a couple weeks ago. Oh, how was that? Was that good? Oh, great. It was really, really fun. Yep. I thought the really tear, I thought the tears dried up by now. They came back. Mm. They, they have returned. No, they were great. They, they sounded better than Hollow Oats. I'm not going to say they have more. They don't have as many songs, I wouldn't say, because Hall and Oates, man, they've been going yeah. forever. Well, Hall, but, be- Oates better wish, hope and pray that Hall never leaves, because pff, no one remembers Oates. 
Yeah, well, you know, they're, they work together. Hall's had a solo career, too, and, of course, he does his show, you know, Daryl's House. It's kind of cool, where he uh, plays, he invites musicians to come in and then plays along with them literally from his house. That's a pretty cool show. Anyway, my point is, that was at the arena where the Cavaliers play, at the Q. Uh, so it's at the basketball place. And even at a concert, I assume the prices are the same. I mean, you know... It's ridiculous. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. It really is $10 for uh, a beer. What what were they uh $10 a beer, huh? And oh, yeah. and it was in the plastic clear cups. Ugh. Tap uh, beer? I think that was a craft beer and I think that was a little bit bigger than I think it was maybe it was 16 ounces. But yeah, it's just in a cup. It's just freaking beer, man. That's all it is. And, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't drink a lot of beer because, you know, sometimes I'm more of a hard liquor guy. You know, not not to get drunk, but I'll I'll sit down and enjoy a a mixed drink, Jack and Coke, something like that before I'll do a beer. Not because I don't like beer. You get that feeling after a beer. Now, the reason why I bring that up is the last time I had stadium beer, oh, it was the skunkiest thing I ever drank in my life. It, 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 it tasted like it had been out on the counter for three weeks. It probably had. Yeah. Oh, uh-uh. And then to pay those outrageous prices for it's that skunky beer, it's uh, insanity. I mean, the one thing that has improved, I, I will say this, uh, it, in general – at stadiums and arenas across the country. At least now there's a lot more variety than there used to be. So now you really can get pretty good food. They all, mo- you know, they, a lot of them have clubs, uh, you know, yeah. restaurants. I mean, they're private, quote unquote. But, sure. uh, you know, but uh, for example, the Indian Stadium, it has lots of different variety of food and and everything from, you know, relatively a reasonable, typical stadium fare up to, you know, fairly high-end foodie stuff. So at least, even though you're paying way too much, at least you can get some variety yep. and you can get some bang for your buck. But, I mean, let's face it. It is not economically efficient to eat at a stadium nor an arena. No, no, it's not. You you go there knowing you're going to have eat a spray. first. Yes, exactly. That's what I do at movie theaters. In fact, the wife, what she'll do is she'll pack her purse full of goodies when we go to the movies. Sure, well, I'll tell her, happens. don't do that. Shh, don't, don't do that. that. Cuz the yeah, manager I, mean, I can sit for an hour and a half without eating. The manager happens to be a friend of mine. So uh, it's like and he wants to stop and talk, and there she's got the purse full of booty there, loot, you know, that's, you know, contraband, you know. And so it's like, oh, yes. no, he's going to hear that you have food. I'm <laughs> setting a poor example. <laughs> exactly. One more story for you before we get out of here. One more, one more to leave everyone with. Now, Eric, have you ever had to pay a fine of any kind? Oh, yes. Okay. I have. Well, a parking ticket doesn't really matter. Okay. Well, Michigan man, he had a fine, $270 fine for having a messy yard. He got one of those blight tickets that no one likes to get. Well, his is a large one, $270. So he decided he was going to pay in pennies. Sure. They turned him down. Oh, to pay with pennies. And that's what he is saying. He said, money's money, man. Well, yeah, Brian McDonald said, hey, I was outraged when I went to my city of Jackson and handed them down $270 worth of pennies. They refused to take said pennies. 
Last I looked, that is a legal tender. Exactly. How, what standing would they have to turn me down? Well, then the city responds with, it would cost us more <laughs> to have somebody go through the pennies than the actual fine. Which I don't agree with. It's a lot of pennies. It's a well, lot. But you, you would think a lot of places, here's what they do. They, they don't in. turn it down, but you got to put them in the rolls. Well, but, you know, if you read it now, I, this guy might have a gripe here. The reason why I say that, it does say legal tender. And whether it's rolls, whether it's loose or whatever, I don't know. They'd have to take it. Now, the other side of the bill or the other side of the bill, so to speak, have you? Ever, I've tried to pay with a hundred dollar bill, and they look like you're like Satan. Sure, you go up there. Well, that's the other. All I got, spectrum, right? If they can turn you down with a large bill, then I'm guessing yeah. legally they can turn you down. I, I, I guess, but if you're a place of business or or a, or a city government, you got to take it. I would say I'm, I'm guessing there's something in the small print. Oh, I'm about sure that I'm sure there is. You must pay with large bills. Or your firstborn. <laughs> or, or not pennies, anyway. We would like the blood of a virgin. It, it may even say not coins, something like that. It, you know, They it, probably it wouldn't may. want it in quarters, either. No. Well, at least quarters would be easier to count. I mean, it'd be over a thousand quarters. It'd be a lot of quarters. It'd be a lot of quarters. But I have been that guy to pay with a $100 bill, and I'm getting a $10 item. But it would, of course, be 27,000 pennies. It Where would, would you be. get that many pennies? I have no idea. I, I, Yeah, maybe he went to the bank exchanged his hundreds for pennies. That is a boatload of pennies. Maybe he's saying to himself, I got them now. They're never going to mess with me again. My guess would be there is something in the fine print I'm sure that says is. we are allowed to refuse... Um, you know, coins and or perhaps overly large bills or just just whatever that they are allowed to yeah, make very that well determination. Could be. Because honestly, I've heard the penny routine oh, a number of yes, times. Oh yes, I have too. People, you know, I'm taking my revenge. Yeah. I'm paying you in pennies. I'm taking my revenge slowly. One copper nickel or one copper penny is it even copper anymore. I don't know. One copper penny at a time. I Take that, government. But not a whole lot. Yeah, not anymore because copper is more, worth more than a penny now. We got to get out of here. Be right back with America's Most Haunted Headlines. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, you're listening to After Hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening. It's your ideas, work, and creativity that make it your yard. At Ace, we're here to help with hoses and sprinklers to nurture growth, gardening tools for the shape of good things to come, even the right fertilizer and bug killers to make the grass a little greener. You'll find it all now at Ace, your place, with everything you need for your yard, plus helpful advice, almost like we're right there. Ace, the helpful place. 
Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for their individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. What's happening, hot stuff? Welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm the host, Joel Sturgis. Right along with me is my Tarek Olson. Oops, sorry. That's all good. I was doing my, I almost went to Howard Cosell mode there for a second. Hello, everybody. And that says Howard Cosell. I can't even do a good Howard Cosell. So. Howard Cosell. There it is. There it is. Now, uh, tonight we've got a great show on tap. I suppose we should at least drop the, who the guest is tonight before well, the top of, of the hour. Should. Absolutely, we should. Ann C. Barham, and she is really interesting. She's an author, but what she authors about is the fact that she is a past life therapist. She's also a totally legit mainstream licensed therapist for personal and marriage and whatever counseling, but she has evolved also into being a past life therapist, and she finds it extremely effective. And she's written a book about it called The Past Life Perspective, Discovering Your True Nature Across Multiple Lifetimes. That'd be great. That's top of the hour. Really interesting stuff. We'll dig deeper into that, of course. But right now, it's America's Most Haunted Headlines. Brought to you by America's Most Haunted, and of course, like every week, because they do push the show out there, and we love them, Wayward Souls Promotions. So, Yay, Wayward hey, Souls! Thank you a ton for bringing new listeners our way. And, of course, anyone that is just now coming to us new, you can catch us on uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, Potomatic, Dark Matt. We're pretty much everywhere. So just, just look for us, Google it, and you will find us. Better yet, join us over here at Twitter.com and search out AM Haunted to follow along. You're going to want to do that. 
and absolutely. And you can also find all of the shows as well as the articles that support all the shows on America's dash most dash haunted dot com. And yeah. you can listen to the show live and catch podcasts there as well. There but as Joel go. says, we're all over the place. All right. So on Twitter now, even if you don't belong to Twitter, you can check this out and then you see the pictures. You can follow the links and maybe you'll sign up for Twitter. Become yeah, a tweeted. Become a tweetist. Come yes. be with us. All right. America's most haunted Twitter feed. All things paranormal, spooky, and amazemo. First up, this is a pretty cool story. The Racine Police Department. That's in Wisconsin. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that's Wisconsin, man. Yep. That is uh, Clarissa Cole's old stomping ground. Absolutely. Her home state. Yes, it is. Born and bred in Wisconsin. So the city of Racine, the police department trains their canine squad dogs in a haunted house to toughen them up. <laughs> How cool is so, that? So, so the, the Racine police department takes their dogs to a haunt. Now, they obviously believe in ghosts in this police department because it's, I would it's, say it's so. hard to get, you know, you know, police officers to actually open up and say, you know, say what they've seen on on duty. And I've heard a few of them talk to me, and there's a lot of weird stuff that happens when you're on call. And thanks again to all the men and women in blue, by the way, for keeping us safe. But that's cool, man. That is cool. They take them to a haunted house to toughen up the dog. Yeah, I mean, toughen up is, you know, maybe that's a bit you of a need to get tough. What they're really doing is they're training them against being startled. So unexpected noises and movements and shadows. So, yeah, they really do think this house is haunted. Interesting. Very, very cool. And you can read more, of course, at uh, Destination America, right? Dot, uh, dot it's com. on their blog. Exactly. Yes, friends, I, actually, I'm going to go ahead called The Hauntist that. is the name of the blog. Just go to DestinationAmerica.com and find The Hauntist blog. Yes, there are good pals they are. And, uh, I'm sure we will soon be having more of their people, their shows. You know, it's the summer. It's a summer break. Yeah. In the fall, all the shows will be starting up again, all their paranormal shows. And, of course, Lifetime, too. Uh, I mean, TLC, excuse me. TLC, uh, their affiliated channel, also has yep. a raft now of paranormal shows. So, But, yeah, go check them out, Destination America, and go to the site and check out The Hauntest. All right, my good friend Sicily 60, who, who was among the very first people, I'm talking the first day that America's Most Haunted Twitter feed and the brand was launched back in July. So we're coming up on five years now, wow, July 2012. Go? Hard to believe. And she followed me the very first day, and we have been friends and oh. buds ever since. And we, we share a mutual fascination, and in my case, revulsion with bats (laughs) you know i used to work at a place uh called potlatch it was a lumber mill and they made osb board you'll plywood and stuff and for whatever reason the vibration of that equipment would bring thousands upon thousands of bats into that building it was to the point where i first started my job there the the back wall wall that, that that was black and they, they told me that that's not paint. That's bats. And, the, you, and then when you start looking at them, you can kind of see Oh, yeah, moving, they start moving and, and doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. well, we had, we had nothing like that volume, but we had a 
pod of bats up oh. in our attic, and it just about drove me insane. Oh, I bet. I, I bet, man. Oh, I don't not like bats at Bat all. Bat poop everywhere. No, oh, my God. No, it's the no, worst. No, 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 no. How'd you get rid of them? Well, we we patched up the holes. There were a couple holes uh, and uh, under the eaves, and we got sure. those patched up. And then uh, basically, we lured them out. Uh, I did not kill any of them <laughs> this time. Uh, this time around, I killed no bats. Oh, but good uh, for you. you know, they go out, of course, at night. So yeah. when they 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 were out, and we patched it up, they, and they couldn't get the back night. in. And then they moved on. They went out to party. You be, you, you evicted them. Have a bat party. It was Halloween, naturally, and they went out. We quickly patched up the the roof, and they couldn't get back in. Ha ha ha! Jokes on you, bats. Ha, but ha, their guano remained. I assure you. Yuck! Yuck! Yuck is absolutely that right. is disgusting. It's really disgusting. It, it really is. It smells bad. All right, can you believe it? This is the twenty seventh season for Halloween Haunted Nights at Universal Orlando. I did not know that. 27 seasons. Wow, 27 years of doing this. Uh, it's amazing. amazing. And just today, uh, all of the ticket plans and vacation packages, all the goodies went on sale at Universal Orlando. Uh, well, at their website, HalloweenHorrorNights.com, and then, of course, you click on Orlando, because now Halloween Horror Nights is at several locations. It's in yeah. Hollywood, it's in Japan, and where else is it? Sadly, it, it not in the else. Midwest. Not in the Midwest, sadly. Nope, nope. No, no Universal Studios or no. Universal Anythings in the Midwest. The only two no. in the U.S. are Hollywood, the original one, the actual studios, and then Orlando, which has been there yeah, for quite a while now. Yeah. You know, Florida's America's Australia. Everything there is trying to kill you anyway. I think you're right about that. Besides odd people. Yeah, well, that is Florida, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Enough said. That's all you got to say. So, yeah. So, if you go to HalloweenHorrorNights.com and click on Orlando, you the tickets are now on sale already. Very cool. Halloween Horror Nights. You can already start thinking about the Halloween season. They have some lots of new events, or I should say new attractions. They have a, a new, brand new themed American Horror Story attraction. They have a Shining, The Shining, and lots of other cool, it's groovy too, stuff. I would love to get down there. I haven't been down there in years and years and years. It's too soon for Halloween. I should talk. say I should say for Halloween. I have been down there yeah. fairly recently in the summer, but not yeah. for the Halloween or night. It's too soon to talk Halloween, though, in my opinion. Because you know what happens yeah, after Halloween? It's, Winter! It's June, man. It's June. Winter happens. It's horrible. Well, it's still quite cool here, too. I mean, we, we really? warmed up. We had a couple days in the 80s. But, I mean, it's only been in the lower 60s the last few days. Yeah, well, that's nice weather, though. That is kind of nice weather it's to get pleasant you know, for if it's outdoor sunny. stuff. You're done. You know. Pleasant if it's sunny. That's right. Only if it's sunny. All righty. And here's another event that we uh, would like to let our think our listeners will be interested in. Our buds over at Scream Factory, which is the horror outlet side of of the uh, what shout factory, yep. which is kind of affiliated with the with the, the old Rhino records. Yep. yep, they sort of evolved into Shout Factory. So their horror outlet is Scream Factory, 
And now they have Scream Factory TV, so they're always oh, showing cool. things there. And they're going to have a Five Nights of Fear celebrating their fifth anniversary. It's already the fifth anniversary of Scream Factory, and they're going to be showing Nightbreed, Exorcist 3, Rabid, Bad Moon, and Hellhole Live. All of those live and free on Scream Factory TV, and those wow. will be running... Between the twelfth and the sixteenth, those of all June. all those movies though, are kind of lackluster, man. Well, they are, but they suck. Rabbit's pretty tough. Ex- that, that, that Exorcist Three Blue, it yeah, was horrible. It, it was the worst one ever. Not my fave. No, not mine either. But very, very cool. Uh, they must have got them really cheap. That's what they're showing them. Well, sure. <laughs> Public domain. Is, you, can, you can go and have a communal experience. Exactly. They'll be live tweeting and they'll be Facebook living, oh, so you gotcha. can interact with your fellow horror aficionados between the 12th and the 16th of June over at Scream. There you go. Factory. Get in on it. Hang out. Watch some grade B movies. It's always fun All to watch right. grade B movies. Speaking of images, and the, again, this is one of the reasons we always encourage you guys to go actually to the page on twitter.com slash amhaunted, the America's Most Haunted Twitter feed, because then you can see the pictures. Look at these lovely. I think that Twilight is, really nice. is absolutely magical, don't you? I do, too. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful time of night. It's uh, And there's just something magic yeah. about it, because it's that interim period. It's ambiguous. It's not daytime. Oh, it's man. not nighttime. Twilight, it's where in I between. live, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to the great state of Minnesota. I have. We are beautiful here. Oh, so I'm sure. Twilight, especially up north, you get a chance to come up north near Duluth. It is just phenomenal. That's why I won't leave. It's so beautiful and very but, yeah, clear. Yeah, too, I'm yeah. Sure. Every yeah, best air in the country. Every uh, night we have pictures like this going up. You know, going. I on. believe it. So, I believe yeah, it. But we got two it. really, really well done. I images like uh, of beautiful I, Twilight shots. So go check that out, never my friends. Get, and never get while sold. you're there. You know, you can give it a like. You can retweet it, and you can follow the AM Haunted Twitter feed. And tell Eric you love him. You love him. Yeah, that too. There's some hey. huge news. This is massive in archaeology. Well anthropology paleontology most importantly and all the ologies all the ologies human history they have now pushed back all right i had the impression i you know i kind of follow this pretty well yeah my uh, 10 years ago the the common wisdom was that modern humans had evolved about a hundred thousand years ago, at a very kind of specific location yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Then, by maybe five years ago, they'd pushed it back to about two hundred thousand yeah. years ago that modern humans had evolved, and they kind of spread it out from this Garden of Eden to a larger area of Africa, and that there had been more than one sojourn out of Africa. And that that had caused, been involved with these various new species of pre-modern humans that they've been finding lately. All right. As of just the last few days, this just came out. They've now pushed back the evolution, the beginning of modern humans to at least 300,000 Wow, years man. That's a and long time all ago. all over Africa. Wow. So we were kicking around even back then. That far back and not just in one spot. But all over Africa. Yeah. Very, very cool. 
Very, very cool. interesting stuff. So you can read all about that. There's a really good, long, detailed story in the New Yorker about it. It's in every publication, but I like that New Yorker story the best. So go check it out. And you could see the almost complete jawbone of these modern humans, earliest modern humans from at least 300,000 years ago. That's actually really, really cool. And they keep pushing it back. Pushing it back and pushing it back. You never know. Maybe they say, yeah, we, we, we hang around the dinosaurs. Exactly. All right. So Einstein, once again, ahead of his time, he has been once again reconfirmed as the Hubble telescope. That's the one that's out in space, yep. right? So yep. it gets even clearer views. Not obstructed by Earth's atmosphere. Has, for the first time, seen actually been able to record light bending around a star oh very it cool. only previously been able to actually document it with light bending around the sun yeah. but this is a different star so how cool is that that is actually really really cool right, that I'm einstein, einstein man, man he, he was ahead of his time he, 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 well he wrote all the rules you know so you know so yeah. that once again it proves his theory of relativity in the real it world does. All right. So we're both big fans of stranger things, right? We are. I love that show. We loved season one. All right. So there, we're starting to hear a little more starting to be some facts slipping out or at least some hints slipping out about season two. And, uh, we linked to the Hollywood reporter where the show's, Creators and showrunners, the Duffer brothers, uh, are letting loose on some of the details of season two. And the main thing they're saying is we're going to see an awful lot more of the upside down. Really? Yeah, Aww. that other dimension where all those yeah. creatures come from. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not till October is the problem. So well, true. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Then the Walking Dead comes back. Ooh, October's big. Man. Oh, October is huge. But you know, I gotta say, Stranger Things. I find that almost better than the Walking Dead. Just saying. I, well, I know. we'll see. It does you know? only have one season under its belt. We'll that see if is it true. Can, we'll see if it can sustain it. True. You know, longevity. You know, they might have blown their uh, television load all, all in the first season. We will see. <laughs> we will see. But you're right. It is. It isn't until October. But, uh, hey, all of a sudden, that's not that far off. We are no. now into June. No. No, I also want to uh, quickly uh, point out that we are also on IRN Radio. Oh, heck case, yeah. In case anyone, uh, need, you know, go over there. Give Mike Peter some love over there. IRN, you will not be disappointed. Got a great lineup. Is that the Canadian and, one? No, no, that's Paranormal A. That's Canadian. Paranormal Give them a. love, too. But IRN is a hell of a network, uh, and uh, I highly suggest them go check out the lineup. Of course, that's over at IRN.com. And, of course, Paranormal A is our exclusive podcast home as far as other than our own locations you can download it. That's the only other outsourced location you can download our podcast. Ooh, is very, that, very That's cool. it. That's it. Hey, they're, if they're you want to know, place. it's certainly not a complete list, but it's a fairly extensive list of all of the outlets where we are available. You can pick that up on americas-most-haunted.com. Just click on the After Hours AM page and right down there at the bottom of the page, a Check list and link to a number 
of our most prominent outlets. Yeah, exactly. Check it out. Just want to throw that out there. Give a little love to Mike over there because he just popped up. He said, we are funny as hell. So thank you so much, Mike, for waiting in on that. We are hell as fuck. We are. We Sometimes we are. It all depends. It all comes down to material, though. It really does. I was feeling you know? weird last night, I got to admit. Really? You were? Why is that? I don't know. Just kind of strange, and the subject matter was so bleak. Ooh. Huh. I'm talking about on the show last night. I, I, after the show, I go, God, I said some weird things I wouldn't normally say, like <laughs> like suggesting that Clarissa Cole came to California because they're easy on female murderers. <laughs> Clarissa Cole well, is not a no, female murderer no, and never no, has no, been no, and never no, will no, be. No, no, no. She's a Everybody got that one. Woman. No, if she was to be a murderer, she'd get away with it anyway. Of course, because she's that yeah, smart. Exactly. So, you and know, if you are a murderer... If you are Clarissa, which which you're not, we know if, you're not. But if you were, you'd be the best in history. Heck yes, <laughs> you'd wear the crown, baby. You'd so make H.H. I, I H. H. Holmes make that clear. I don't nothing. really think that about her. No, no, of course not. But then again, if you say uh, too loud, you may find her at your front door. We keep teasing. We keep teasing. <laughs> All right, moving along. Oh, I'm so sad. I haven't seen it yet. But oh my, the reviews. Of the new mummy. Oh, God, they're dismal. Oh, they're punishing. <laughs> they are beating the hell out well, of poor Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, you know. And the poor Universal uh, Monsters reboot. You yeah. know, this is supposed to kick off the new dark universe. All these reboots of all the movies, all the monsters. Just all leave it the monsters. hell alone. And it did not come back with a bang. You know, didn't they do the mummy of Brendan Fraser? It, yeah, then, and I love those. You know, well, those just are hilarious. Bring him scary. back. Bring him back to do the mummy again. That's all. I Continue. really did like all three of those. I did. I, I liked them all. They're all pretty good. Especially the first one. But I'm not a big it, Tom Cruise fan. I like Tom Cruise he's when I missed. like Tom Cruise. Sometimes yeah. he's great, and lots of times, but other times he's just blood. Oh, nothing, you tell you me know? the last great role you saw Tom Cruise in, where you said, oh, my God, no one else could have acted that well. I always like him in the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. I stopped watching those because they got a little boring, but I know what you mean. They, they, they're not bad. They're not The horrible. last one was actually a really good one. It's one of the best. So I'll check, check that one out. out. I will check that one out. Because, check out the you know, latest one. I can't even remember what it's called, but it, yeah. but it was good. It yeah. was surprisingly good. Put it that so way. so he's, he's best, in your opinion, in the uh, Mission Impossible series, in your opinion. Well, I mean, his his real, real wheelhouse, his yeah. real sweet spot is action hero. But he's been in some really amazing non-action hero roles. True, you know? true. But, you know, he's like and a he Nick Cage. He has done very well with them. He's kind of like a Nick Cage. Either he does really, really good or really, really bad. There is I no in between. I agree with that. He's either really pretty great or just blah. You know, yeah, like, eh, you know, nothing. You know, stick and it really depends God. on the role and what he brings to it. And, you know, he's a very kind of specific sort of guy. But, I, again, I do give him credit for a variety of roles, at least in the past. He seems to be kind of returning to the action hero because well, he's Jack Reacher, too, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's also Maverick, which I guess they're doing another Top Gun. So oh, that's right. We will see. Did you see how bad Val, Val Kilmer's aged horribly? Oh, he looked terrible 15 years ago. Oh, he's trying to get in the movie. He needed a selfie on Twitter. First, um, he got yeah. really fat. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he Blech. did. 
Yeah. And then yeah. he just looks kind of weird, and I think he's had some work done, and it doesn't uh, look right. No, no. So he's trying to get in on the new Top Gun, Ugh. which, uh, Val, man, no, it ain't going to happen. And it's really too bad because, man, he was a stud. Dude. He was. Remember him in the movie The Doors? I, in lots of movies, you know, I, I, and I really liked him. Oh, as oh, an oh actor. Tombstone! He was beautiful in Tombstone, man. He did, he did Doc Holliday to a T in that movie. He he was wonderful in a number of movies, uh, and uh, I don't know what happened, but man, gaining that weight did not help. And then he kind of got weird, and then he had some work done. He just doesn't look right, and no, no, Zowie. No. I don't know. Anyway, about the Mummy, so it's yes. getting terrible reviews, but. The woman who stars as the mummy herself, uh, she is getting some really good well, notices. I'm looking at her right now. I'm noticing her. Oh, she's really, she's she's quite. <laughs> and she was in The Kingsman, which really didn't do that well, but I thought it was kind of good. Well, hey, I like that. If she's in it, I'll watch it, man. She's in it, man. She's <laughs> one of the kick-ass villains. <laughs> And uh, she's hot. She really. she's a cutie. Sophia Sophia Butella, and she's actually Algerian, really? but grew up in Paris. Mm. Well, you know what? She's a good actress as well. So, yes, she you is. Know. All right. So, speaking of shows returning in October, they just announced our beloved Supernatural, Supernatural returns yes. for season thirteen. Yes. Can you believe it? I wonder if Jeffrey Dean Morgan's ever going to come back to that show. I would love to see him back as dad. Yeah, because, you know. Just do a cameo. Yeah, do, do quick, something. You know? I mean, because they bring people back all the time. Yeah, I won't. Supernatural characters, doesn't matter. There's no, no such thing as death on Supernatural. Well, no. It's Supernatural, man. <laughs> exactly. So it returns on October 12th for season 13. Though, they are claiming that Crowley who sacrificed himself for the good of the world, which is kind of hard to believe from the king of hell. Um, he, he cut himself off from our own dimension. He went into a different wow. dimension in order to keep Lucifer there. So he sacrificed himself. Anyway, uh, the Crowley character really is gone and won't be back. I won't be back. Okay. Because he sacrificed himself. He did. All right. You know, you know, you don't realize I've never watched an episode, right? You've never watched. No. Dude, what's wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me. I think, okay, maybe way back 10 years ago, I might have caught one. It's my favorite. I know it is. I know it is. I gush about it all the day. I know you do, but I just haven't had a chance. Like a (laughs) schoolgirl. Like, I know you do. That's why I never said anything. I like Britney Spears in 1999. I didn't want to burst your bubble. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you got to watch it. I, it's I really will. a great show. I, I, I've heard that. Uh, my uh, my friends tell me it's a great show, and you tell it's me it's well a great written. show. It's well acted. I, it is extremely inventive and creative. The fact they've been able to keep going and stay interesting for now 12 through 12 seasons, that's unbelievable. You if know, you think about it. it is incredibly hard to keep my attention for a show, to be honest with you. I... You know what? If a show doesn't hook me in the first 10 minutes, I am on the phone. I am surfing the internet, doing this, doing that. Drives my wife crazy that, you know, I start, I wander. I have ADD. I swear I'm an adult version of that for television. You know, you know, I don't even use a smartphone. My phone does not get the internet. You don't have a smartphone? 
I have a what? phone that I could use as a Don't tell me it's a flip phone. Don't tell me it's a flip phone. Don't It's use... not a flip phone. Oh, but thank God. It's a, it's it's probably 5 years old now. Wow. But no, I don't use it. I don't connect it to the internet. I don't get email that's on it. I don't only... surf the internet. That's My the... phone is just a phone. I can get texts. I can send texts, I can receive texts, I can make calls, receive calls. The That's only it. time I'm actually physically at a computer these days is to fire up the, you know, to go on, on air. The, the, the broadcast computer. I Everything else. to use a teeny tiny little keyboard. Oh man, get it yourself a Teeny tiny little screen. I want my big <laughs> old-fashioned typewriter keyboard and my big computer screen. Dude, Here. you're missing out. Plus, See, I, I don't want to be. No, I don't want to be accessible. I get a thousand I, emails a day. I, I don't. As I don't. Do I, man. I'm on my computer twelve hours a day. <laughs> See, now if you had a smartphone, you could be out and about and still be on your computer. But I don't want to. Well, I hear you. I there's somebody who said for that too. We got to run to Fox News. He come back. We're we're gonna talk past life uh, regression with Anne Barham. Barham. Barham? Is that Barham or Barham? How does she like to Barham. say it? Barham. Barham. There we go. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Drama on Capitol Hill. I'm Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. I've seen the tweet about tapes. Lordy, I hope they're tapes. Former FBI Director James Comey answering questions before the Senate Intelligence Committee. Fox's Melanie Wilkes has more live. One of the most dramatic statements from former FBI Director James Comey in his Senate testimony was that he began documenting conversations with the president from the first time they met, before the inauguration. The nature of the person. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting, and so I thought it really important to document. Comey also testified that the president had asked him to pledge his loyalty and suggested that he drop any investigation of former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn. Kathleen? And Molony, President Trump's lawyer says Comey's testimony proves publicly what he told the president privately. That the president was not under investigation as part of any probe into Russian interference. Attorney Mark Kasowitz also chastised Comey for leaking information about private conversations with the president to the news media. Voting is over in Britain, and exit polls aren't looking good for the ruling conservative party. Fox's Simon Owen is live in London. Kathleen, British Prime Minister Theresa May called this general election early, hoping to boost her mandate. But an exit poll here predicting her Conservative Party is on course to lose its majority in Parliament. No party predicted to win automatic control. One of May's top ministers, James Brokenshire, putting a brave face on things. It's too early in the night to be drawing conclusions. And so I think that uh, we'll just wait to see what the first results start. So it's actually getting some hard data. Results will emerge over night. Kathleen? Thanks, Simon. At least one person reported dead, nearly two dozen injured after a church bus rolled over on a car in Atlanta. It was carrying members of a high school youth group. Fox News, fair and balanced. Prosecutors in Bill Cosby's sex assault trial 
have introduced an interview he gave to police. In the 2005 interview, Cosby said he did give one and a half Benadryl tablets to Andrea Constand, which he says she did not refuse, but he says he never intended to have sex with her. Cosby faces a charge of aggravated indecent assault for an encounter with Constand at his suburban Philadelphia home. It was after that police interview that the Montgomery County DA at the time declined to charge Cosby. Cheltenham Police Sergeant Richard Schaefer testified today that the decision came after the direction of the investigation was discussed. The jury also heard from Constance's former neighbor, who said she became distant after the alleged assault. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. An assault case against a congressman ends in an agreement. One day before the Montana special election to fill the state's vacant House seat, Guardian reporter Ben Jacobs had some questions for the Republican candidate Greg Gianforte. Gianforte did not want to answer them. Sick and tired, you guys! The last Jesus time you came in here, you did the same thing! Get the hell out of here! Jacobs said he was body slammed. A Fox News crew witnessed it and backed him up. Gianforte went on to win the election. Now he's apparently reached a deal with prosecutors and will plead no contest to misdemeanor assault at a hearing this Monday. Separately, Gianforte reached reached a civil settlement with Jacobs. He's written an apology letter and said he'd donate $50,000 to the Committee to Protect Journalists. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. The House has approved a bill that would eliminate some provisions of the 2010 Dodd-Frank Wall Street reform law, which critics say are too burdensome. The Senate is not expected to go along, but the law, enacted after the financial crisis, could be revamped and some regulations eliminated. Stocks closed higher, the Dow adding 8 points, S&P gaining a fraction. Action, NASDAQ up 24 points, hitting another record high. I'm Kathleen Maloney, Fox News Radio. Back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. Ha-ha! And we are right back at you. I'm your host, of course, and right along with me. I just, I am, okay, Eric, I got to stop yes. the show for a second. You okay. blew me out of the water with I this know. smartphone thing. All right, man. I'm, I'm just, no, but you I, blew me out of the water with on, the supernatural it, thing. It was on my mind. I had to bring it up. I feel better now. Okay. I have no now I can move on with the show. But you don't watch Supernatural. <laughs> How's that for tit for tat? Okay. You know, <laughs> okay, you got me. You, you got me. Okay, okay. You must have been a married couple in a prior life. Uh, <laughs> All right. Many people accept the principle of reincarnation, that we are eternal beings animating many different human bodies and personalities across the ages. But many do not realize the profound, complex, and subtle ways that our past life experiences impact our current life and personality. With the rapid and dramatically effective approach known as past life therapy, clients retrieve their own memories of their prior lifetime with the help of professional psychotherapists. By unearthing and processing the memories, we release the experiences that are blocking effectiveness in the current life, as well as reinforce the talents and lessons carried forward from prior personalities. 
Ann C. Barham's recently released book, The Past Life Perspective, Discovering Your True Nature Across Multiple Lifetimes, details 16 years of Barham's experience with past life regression therapy. By opening the files of her most fascinating and insightful client sessions, Barham demystifies past life therapy with a practical down-to-earth approach, sharing arresting tales of actual clients. Readers are invited in to see how traumatic and pivotal experiences from past lives seldom stay in the past, but continue to affect our actions, emotions, health, and relationships now. Welcome to the program, Anne. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and dealing with Eric and I in our debate <laughs> on technology during the Fox News. But, you know, very, very cool stuff. Past life regression has always been an interest of mine, you know, because I think everybody has had that thinking, you know, did I live before or why am I so interested in this or that versus other things? Now, what brought you to someone that is a licensed therapist that is a very rational thinking individual? What brought you to embrace past lives where so many others won't? You're kind of making me chuckle with the idea that us therapists are real rational thinking individuals to start out with. <laughs> anyhow, um, actually, what I found after a certain number of years of doing conventional therapy was that I really wanted something that was more holistic in approach that could really incorporate spirituality as well as psychology, um, and that also could help people more rapidly uh, because it can be a fairly common experience for people to work for some years in regular therapy working on a particular issue that they just can't seem to resolve mm -hmm. um, and um, you know why should we be doing that if there's another way to to move through it more quickly so I always had you know I'm a child of the 60s and 70s I always had an interest in spiritual matters and um you know, it had done a lot of my own exploration. So at a certain point, I realized um, that that was the direction that I wanted to go with my practice. And I started, uh, you know, I got quite a bit of training and started experimenting and um, found that very, mm. very large majority of people are able to retrieve their own past life memories with a little assistance from a qualified guide. And that going into these past life memories and seeing what happened, seeing the personality that we were and the events of our lives and the other people we were with sure, really helped people move very, very quickly through what had been really enduring problems that they just couldn't seem to resolve. Yeah. And that it also was able to plug people into a lot of skills and abilities from the past and use them in more effective ways. Exactly. Interesting. See, now I'm looking at your stuff here. And how did you come to find out you have a past life <laughs> yourself personally? Um, well, you know, when I was younger, I, um, I, you know, I'd go see some psychics or this, that. And of course, they would always tell you about your in your past life. You were an Egyptian priestess or this or that. But it's really different when you actually have the experience yourself, which is what I help people do. 
So none of the information is coming from me. It's coming from the client. I'm just helping them get to a very relaxed place and guiding them through the process. Um, and the first time that I had that experience myself was when I was in graduate school, actually, uh, getting my master's in psychology. And um, the, the professor of a course that was called therapeutic imagery was actually kind of a closet past life regression person. And um, he at the, the last class, he was sort of like, well, just in case this happens when you're doing imagery with a client, sure. I want to show you, you know, what it looks like if somebody goes into something that looks like a past life memory and how you should handle that. Yeah. And then he asked for volunteers. And of course, my hand shot up because this was something I was really interested in. And um, I had a, a chronic problem with um, my feet, actually. I had toes that were kind of, my little toes were kind of lying on their sides. So mm -hmm. they bumped out against the edge of shoes. And I was quite athletic, played tennis, rode horses. And it was really a problem because uh, it was painful. And I'd actually had surgery on those toes and mm -hmm. was still having problems. So I said, here's what's going on with me. And he chose me and he did this regression right um, in the front of the class there on this filthy carpet. I'm lying down and he's leading me into these memories I had of being a young Asian girl whose feet were bound. Mm -hmm. And that I was very rebellious and, and unhappy mm -hmm. and was not going along with the program and made a plan with a servant to run away sure. and got caught. And this was very, very shameful for the family. They sold me into slavery. I eventually killed myself uh, because of all the shame involved and, um, and hopelessness of my life. So the, the thing that was so fascinating with this was while I was there lying on the floor, my legs were shaking uncontrollably. They were there, you know, I, I was noticing it, but there was nothing I could do about it. And it was this, they were releasing some sort of energy that had been stored in there. As of that moment, and this has now been 20 some years, um, I have not had a problem with those toes ever since. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any other medical treatment done to them. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty dramatic demonstration for me of how effective this can sometimes be even on uh, physical issues that you might be having going on. What was your first reaction though when you found out about your own past life? I mean, was it like, oh my God, or, or, or did you take it in stride and very accepting? Um, well, I was startled more than anything by the way my legs were shaking during during the session, you know, and this energy that just seemed, seemed to be released. And I actually was quite surprised that the next day I was out on the tennis court with no problem at all because it had been some years that I had issues with my feet. Mm. Um, so that in and of itself was sort of astounding. I was surprised that I went to an Asian lifetime because it was not um, an area of the world that I'd been that particularly interested in. Mm -hmm. um, which actually could be explained by the fact that I had a negative lifetime there. You know, because sometimes when we, we look at our the areas of the world that we're attracted to or not attracted to, um, very often the ones that we have sort of a negative 
response to or, you know, it's like, gee, I never really want to go to Australia kind of feeling. Um, it's very possible that you had a past life there that was not very pleasant, so you don't really want to return. Whereas um, if there's some regions of the world that you're fascinated with or a language perhaps that you really want to be able to speak fluently or uh, even a type of food that you really, really love, um, that's very probably associated with a prior life experience um, in that either country or culture or something like that. Hmm. Eric, man, what do you think? Well, that's oh, all I find deep. it really, really fascinating. Yeah, it's deep. And, uh, and, it's um, deeper than I know, was expecting. When, when I, because I, we've had past life people to be completely honest with you on the show before, but you're really giving us the nuts and bolts. You know what I mean? Rather than I have a past life, but you're you're going deeper into it than most others do. Sorry, that's what I was I was almost taken aback yeah, how well, deep you know, it is. One of my one of my missions actually is to bring this technology because it is a technology in a way. Um, to the larger audience to make it available to people on a very wide scale and to, to normalize it because um, it's not woo-woo stuff from the new age, you know, Shirley MacLaine out on a limb and everybody sure. would laugh, you know. It's kind of where some of this started, but in reality it's very, very um, – broadening of your mind it's um it gives you a whole new perspective on what we're doing here on the planet and what human life is about and the connections that we have with each other and one of the really marvelous things is how um when we go back to prior lifetimes we find ourselves both genders um different sexual orientations um, different religious beliefs, different cultures, different political beliefs. So yeah. I could have been a person who held completely opposite beliefs than I do today. And in that prior life, I just as firmly believed those things as I believe what I believe now. And um, it sort of starts really getting that whole sense of, yes, we are all one in the same. We're just all reflections of a different part of the possibilities of humanity and and this one point in time i look like this but in another point in time i might look like the person that that i think is an awful person today so it just it kind of evens out all the boundaries and all the barriers and and helps with that whole idea of embracing diversity and embracing each other as um you know as all part of one humanity so I think it can be very helpful on a larger scale as well as being helpful in well, our individual lives. How about, how do you oh, go ahead, oh, sir? Go ahead, Eric, man. How do you place this as far as theoretically kind of from a, you know, cosmological standpoint? Uh, and then I know just from reading your biography that you grew up Catholic. So do you yeah. have do you sense any conflict between Catholicism and the notion of reincarnation do you attach any religious connection to reincarnation or is it just a kind of a mechanical working of the universe um well there's a lot of different religions have different attitudes and opinions toward the idea of reincarnation uh you know over 50 percent of the world's population actually believes in it um and it's really more the western cultures and 
Christianity that has a little hard, harder time with it. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing with Christianity is the very early Christians um, embraced reincarnation and around 325 AD, um, Emperor Constantine decided that he was going to pull together his Holy Roman Empire under one faith. And he agreed that he would um, become a Christian if all the Christian leaders got together and made one creed and, you know, kind of one set of rules that they were all going to go by. And at that point in time, they threw reincarnation out. Um, but up until that time, it was generally accepted. And one of the things you have to understand is um, religion is so very political. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's, you know, and, and it's a structure of, of man. It's, it's um, a social political kind of structure. And the religious leaders, especially very early on, were very political people. And um, it's harder to control people when they know that they live multiple lifetimes and that they're an eternal soul and that they don't need the... Um, the priests and the holy men intervening between them and God. Um, so if you don't believe in reincarnation and you think you just have this one life to live, and if you don't live it according to what the priests say, you're going to go to hell, um, you're a lot easier to control. When you understand that we're, each of us are equal eternal beings and that we have many, many opportunities to learn the lessons that we need to learn and that we're all evolving toward um bringing spiritual realities onto the planet yeah. all of a sudden it's much harder to control us and channel us in the direction that that you want to take us so um throwing reincarnation out was really much more of a of a political financial decision i think um, More likely, you're absolutely right. I mean, religion yeah. has been overtly political over the years. I, I mean, you know, it's uh, we only have to look as far as the recent uh, elections where the Pope weighed in on politics. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. so, you know, there it is. Look at that. It absolutely is political. And, 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 yeah, and there's some great shows on Netflix about the early popes, the Borgias and all of that. And sure. you see how intensely political it all was. Oh, You know, yeah. even though that's a dramatization and sure it's Hollywood and all that, but it's based on a lot of reality, too. So um, but for in our current day, as far as as where reincarnation falls philosophically, um, <clears throat> it's a spiritual belief. It's a it's an orientation or philosophy toward um, what human existence is about. Mm -hmm. It really mm -hmm. doesn't have to conflict with anybody's religious beliefs. Um, the even if their official church doctrine doesn't really accept it. But I've had Presbyterian ministers come to me. I've had um, yogis from India come to me. Um, I've had. Mormon people come to me to do past life work. So it's like there, there's just a huge um, diversity in, in the kind of people that, that want to investigate this and who want to expand their understanding of their spiritual existence. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it really, I think, transcends religion. I, I think you're right. I mean, because it, it's, it's bigger in some ways because... 
we can we can point back to past. I mean, I think everyone has a past life. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show, but I have noticed that time and time again. Where even myself, I feel like, wow, this seems so familiar. Do you think now a transcending religion? Do you think that's where we get the feeling once in a while? Deja vu. We've been here before. Yeah, well, very often. I mean, deja vu is one of those great ways to kind of get hints about what some of your past life experiences have been. So like when you meet someone for the first time and you just instantly feel at home with them and like you want to just hang out and you feel really comfortable with them, well, the likelihood is it was someone you were quite close with in a prior lifetime. You've probably known them for a long time. when you go somewhere, I had a, a client who um, said that she traveled to Paris the first time, did not look at a single guidebook or map, had not, and never studied anything about it, and she knew exactly how to make her way around. Yeah. You know, it's wow. like, well, where does that come from? Yeah, where, right? well, exactly. Now, I got to ask you, though, have you ever seen any evidence you can hang your hat on of past lives i mean you know i mean other than us talking about it it's great and stuff but the proof's in the pudding i I, i'm sure you've seen evidence hard evidence that would stand up um over the years yeah and actually it's really interesting um at the university of virginia um there's a department that devotes itself it's in the um it's actually in the school of medicine it's the department of psychology and school of medicine um and they have a they do studies on young children who have spontaneous past life memories these are the kids that'll say like you know gee mommy when i was big before i had three children and a wife you know and that usually blows the parent away because they're like, what are you talking about? Sure. Shut up, right? But yeah. if the if the parents are a little more open-minded, they can actually help the child explore a little more what it is that they're remembering. Well, at the University of Virginia, they actually um, have studied 2,500 cases of children with spontaneous past life memories, feeling that that's... Um, you know, that they are less tainted than we as adults are, that it's harder to explain. How does this child who can't even read yet yeah. know all this information about, you know, someone who lives halfway around the world or lives in three states over? Yeah, they know things that should. Died 100 years ago, right? Yeah. So, um, so I mean, you can look at that as, as evidence. I've um, certainly had some clients that have gone back and um, found who they were in the past. Um, I have one story in my book that's pretty dramatic about a young man who in his prior lifetime um, died in the Vietnam War Mm -hmm. and he was having flashback uh, dreams about that in his current life, which is what brought him in. And we came up with a name and um, he was able to go to the Vietnam Memorial and find his name um, on that. Wow. In Washington. It was a very, very powerful emotional experience for him. Um, so, I mean, you can look at that and, uh, you know, that's as close as, of yeah. proof as, as I have uh, working with my clients. Because I, I'm not as much into the world of proving it. I'm more into let's use 
this technique to help you. So yeah. if it's therapeutic, if it's helpful, I'm good with it. And yeah. I'm not as much into the proof thing, but there are, you know, there are a number of books out there. If people are interested in, in proving it or really validating it. Um, there's an interesting one that's come out fairly recently about a little boy that um, actually has memories of being Lou Gehrig. And it's, um, it's a great read if you're into baseball and um, all that kind of thing. And his mom was a pretty staunch Christian, so she had uh, a lot of resistance to this whole idea of um, prior lifetimes. But she had this little boy who um, was having all these memories and would only wear a baseball suit no matter where he went and had some amazing abilities um, at a very young age. So she uh, finally kind of came around, embraced all this, and ended up uh, writing a book about it. It's called The Boy Who Knew Too Much. That's so that's an interesting read if you're into baseball and and all of that. I am. Yes, I've heard his story, and it is it is actually quite fascinating. I know we're coming to the uh, bottom of the hour here, just a couple of minutes, so we probably shouldn't get started on it, but I would love, coming out of the the break, to just kind of hear how you actually work this. Maybe just take a typical oh, case yeah. or, or any case yeah, and just like kind of walk us through it because it, it is so fascinating. And, and really, from a conceptual standpoint, I always kind of get back to that. That's probably where my strongest interests are in terms of trying to piece this together and, and philosophically or or theoretically uh, put all this together. And it just it really is mind-boggling. You know, I mean, if if we really are, in fact— eternal beings which does not at all conflict with christianity as you said but we are eternal beings who are expressing kind of like the facets of a diamond over time and we form that composite whole and i agree with you that's a very kind of cheering calming thought and uh, on the other hand i can see why uh, at least the monotheistic religions would be so opposed to that because it really does take away a lot of their power and a lot of their leverage in terms mm-hmm. of being those who intervene. Of course, Martin Luther <laughs> objected. Joel and I are both Lutherans, uh, objected yeah. rather strongly 500 years ago to the Catholic Church's ability, uh, or I should say requirement, to act as uh, intervention and and intermediaries exactly. yeah. uh, as well. So uh, all of that makes perfect sense. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, just, I mean, we literally, what do we have, a minute, Joel? Or are we yep, just- we are yeah. right against the break. So we're going to go ahead, take a break. We, we're going to come back, talk with Anne about what it's like to be in a session, how she okay. gets people to look back, how, how they, she brings it all forth, and how it's, more importantly, how it's healing people. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. After hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening. Hi, Tom Bodette. 
If pop culture is to be believed, roughly 40% of all people are actually vampires or dating one. Well, undead or not, you can always save on a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6, even if you sleep during the day because direct sunlight turns you into a pile of sparkly coffee grounds. Speaking of which, we have free coffee every morning. You day sleepers may want to go for the decaf. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for their individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose. Welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me, Eric Olson. And we are having a great time talking about past lives with, well, you're a doctor, obviously. Uh, no, you, I'm not an MD. You're I'm not? A, okay. a marriage and family therapist. Gotcha, gotcha. By license, yeah. Gotcha. That's, you know, that's the thing, you know, uh, it kind of threw me for a loop when I read your credentials. Why would a family therapist be into this? <laughs> at first you know but then uh I, I read more and more and it made more and more sense by the way i just want to throw that out there and uh so eric we left and you had some great questions for ann and go well, ahead man. sure yeah just uh super interested in hearing how all this works and maybe just take uh, either a theoretical session or, or maybe one of your favorite maybe one of the tales from the book and just kind of walk us through it so how does this work and i'm really particularly fascinated by the concept that you don't even have to believe in it for it to work. Exactly. I mean, you have to have a little bit of an open mind that maybe, um, but 
Um, I have many, many people that, that are, that come in that say, you know, I don't know what I believe about this, but I'm just curious. I want to see if I can do it. Um, yeah. and they, you know, the large, large majority of them have success immediately retrieving a past life. And often they're very dramatic. Um, so let me explain what a set, one of my sessions looks like a different practitioners, um, their sessions might look a little bit different. But what I try to do is is a single long session. Um, so it usually runs about two and a half hours. Um, I can do it in my office or I have um, done it over Skype for some years now too, which has really been wonderful. I was a little resistant to that technology for a long time. And then a gal in London convinced me that she really, really, really needed to have a session. And I said, okay, we'll give it a try. I'm not promising anything. And she had a fabulous session over Skype. So it's like, oh, what do you know? The world is open to us now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what it is that the client wants to investigate. You know, so maybe it's a relationship with a family member, or maybe they want to find out what, what their life purpose is this time around and if they're on the right track. Or maybe it's a business man that really wants to plug into his leadership skills and he wants to see if he really had good leadership skills in the past that we can really emphasize and carry forward. Um, so we'll get our orientation about where we're going and uh, learn a, just a little bit about the client, but I don't need to know much at all, really. And um, then I'll use a relaxation procedure that usually takes maybe 15 minutes to just get the person into a really relaxed state. Um, and then I transition them into the origin of what, you know, whatever the issue was. So I'll direct them to the prior lifetime that holds the origin of your issue with your mother or something mm -hmm. like that. And, um, the client will usually get some sort of visual imagery in their mind's eye, or they may intuitively get a story that all of a sudden is going in their head. They just know that, oh my gosh, I'm on a sailing ship. There's a huge storm going. I don't know how to swim. I'm going to die. You know, something like that will come up. Um, they may have some sensations in their body related to what might be going on, um, sometimes even smells or um, sounds come through for people, but it's all coming from the individual. It's not me telling them anything. It's all the, it's all coming from the client. So what I do is I then just guide them. I have them, you know, we find out what kind of body they're in, what kind of clothes they're wearing where they are, are they indoors or outdoors? Are they with other people? What's happening around them? How they're feeling at that moment so we can kind of get an orientation to what we've popped into. Mm -hmm. And um, then we'll usually go see where they live, what kind of house they live in, who else is in the family, um, you know, really kind of getting anchored in that lifetime. And any important people that show up will um, check and see if they recognize them as someone that they know in, a, in their current life. Uh, so I have a little technique that I use to, to help with that. And then we move through the key events of that lifetime. So we're looking for places where something important happened or something changed. Um, you know, so we're looking for really positive events or really traumatic events. Um, and we'll work our way all the way through 
to the death in that lifetime. And then the individual goes to the experience of what it's like to have the body die and to notice that your awareness is continuing. And um, the grand, grand, grand majority of people have the same kind of experience that folk who've had near-death experiences, you know, they describe, where they go to this place of, you know, outstanding love and bliss and warmth and beauty and you never want to leave and that you're very often greeted by loved ones or by some um, guiding spirit and um, you have an opportunity to look at the life that you just lived and um, all sorts of understandings and realizations come in. So we maneuver within that space. I'll have them look back at the lifetime and see what the lessons were that either they learned or that they could have learned if, you know, that maybe they missed them, um, how it all pertains to their current life. Um, and then we call in um, some spiritual guidance. So we we ask for some side of some sort of guiding being to come forward. And um, so people get a whole range of of. Um, spirits that come through you know it it could show up as an angelic type form for some people it's a family member who's passed Uh, i've had occasionally somebody's dog has shown up as as their wise person um oh that'd be my luck i'd have a dog show up that's your wise person (laughs) yeah we got hit by a car how wise is he (laughs) well that's the that's the roll the dice buddy but anyway, so so some usually some rather you know deep stuff comes through from from the spiritual space, and it it could be advice about their particular life, or sometimes it's a more generic applies to all humanity kind of wisdom. My gosh, um, that's deep, the all yeah. humanity kind of wisdom stuff. <laughs> well, and there there's some of that in my book because I do share what you know the kinds of things that that came through for the clients because sure. the book has you know. Um, couple like a couple dozen client stories in there with that you know what comes up for clients and you know there's certainly there's usually about you know don't stress the small stuff and it's all about love and you know we're here to help each other and etc etc those kinds of things and i gotta ask how many of your clients are famous people you were Marilyn Monroe um, in a past life. Well, I've, yeah, I've had some famous people, but, you know, this whole thing being is that I'm a counselor or there's confidentiality. Yeah, I hear you. But I, I, hear can, you. I can tell you a story about um, a Hollywood figure that, that I regressed because um, we went on the Doctors TV show. So they they wanted me on and they wanted me to regress a celebrity. And they, it was a celebrity of their choosing, and the oh, person no. that they came up with was a reality TV star from Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, you poor thing! <laughs> it was, I was, I was lord. It was like you've got to be flipping kidding me. Yeah, but you know, and and I didn't, I didn't even hardly know the show, but I watched it real quick, and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding! But anyway, yeah. I'm, you know, I was gay, so. I was down there at the Paramount Studios and we've got the gal with the big, you know, video camera right in my face. Sure. Filming everything I'm doing and and filling Kelly Dodd's face. And she had and she didn't have a clue what she'd gotten herself into. I think her publicist arranged this for her so she could be on the doctor's TV show. Yeah. And um, but 
she had the most fabulous session and um it was it was all about some anxiety that she had when she um felt sort of trapped in in a crowd in a, um perhaps in a traffic jam or even like a really full elevator but it wasn't so much claustrophobia as this feeling of i'm trapped i can't get out and um she went to a lifetime in the rural south where she was a farm wife and she was pregnant and as she uh, was delivering the baby um the baby got stuck and oh. could not come out so i don't know if it was a breech birth or what was going on but um, she went through the horrifying experience of the child actually dying in utero and then her having to t deliver this dead child. And um, she remembers just this panicked feeling of it's stuck, it's stuck, it can't yeah. get out. And um, and then after, you know, after that, she very, very depressed after that had lost the child, never had any other children. And I asked this is the part that kind of made me chuckle. I said, well, do you get to a place where there's something that brings you pleasure in your life? And the prior personality says, well, my husband takes me into town every so often and he lets me buy things. Wow. And I thought, Not much has changed. This, <laughs> no. Isn't this funny? This is our real housewife. Yeah. <laughs> We're still focused on the material, right? Yeah. But, yep. um, Anyway, it ended up being a great session, and I and I uh, chatted with her afterwards, and she said that she that that um, anxious feeling was gone. She hadn't had it again um, when I talked with her afterwards. Wow. Um, you know, so so that's you know one of the famous people I've worked with that I could actually talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, and but you know, a lot of times it's fairly sensitive material that, well, sure. that people I, are, I are bringing up. So. Um, so the stories in the book are all clients that agreed for me to share their stories, but I, I changed their names and, and identifying information, so we're still protecting well, their privacy. Well, and most, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're poking around their most deepest, darkest that they don't even know about, past mm -hmm. lives. I mean, I would imagine there's some trauma involved with some of these people when they realize yeah. you know, what they lived and who they were, things like that. Is there aftercare once they find out? You kind of talk them down. How does that work once they find out? Yeah, so you know, it's, it's so the end of the session is um, we wrap we wrap up and we talk about what came up and how um, how it applies to their life and what their next steps might be, and I give them um, a recording of the session and I give them notes of the most important points and. Um, then I usually follow up in about a month or so to just see how people are doing and um, sure. if the new realizations have come through. And, and you know, sometimes people end up having more dreams or kind of those aha experiences that just kind of emerge in the midst of, of daily life or chopping vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so I prepare them that these kind of things may come through now for you a little more because um, we've opened up the channel. I was going to say, do they experience an op uh, an awakening of sorts? Yeah, that people sometimes do. Sometimes, you know, some clients end up uh, getting back to me and reporting that, oh my gosh, I had this amazing dream, and then this happened, and I'm, you know, I'm in this state now where I feel I'm much more aware and, and alive. And um, so, but I have yet to really have a client come back to me and say, 
I'm sorry I did that because I feel bad now, you know? Yeah. It's just, that just doesn't happen. They, they end up feeling generally really good and freed up. Maybe, um, maybe like and, there's a resolution to things yes. too. Yeah. And I, and that's why I, I structure my sessions the way I do. And I make them as long as I do, because I, otherwise um, I, I think there's a possibility that, that you don't get the closure mm-hmm. that, that I'm going for that, you know, it's not that you just want to see what happened, but you want to yeah. process it. And you want to integrate it into um, your current situation so that, you know, it's ending up being a helpful thing. My Lord. What's the farthest back that you've gone? Exactly. What's in history? I mean, do you have, like, Uh, Cro-Magnons running around or what? Yeah. I've had a few few sort of caveman-type existence where, you know, the question of what year is it is kind of, you get, huh? (laughs) <laughs> because of course yeah. that doesn't relate at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, they grunt at you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, a few of them I, I have gone back that far, but um, you, you know, we do we do get a lot of kind of medieval, middle ages, um, and or ancient Roman. Um, it 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 spreads, you know, quite a bit, but. Um, I would say certainly the, you know, the past couple thousand years are the ones that I see the most well, of. What's your, what's in, what's your favorite, most interesting time when you do hear people regressing? What's your favorite time in, in history that you like to hear about? <laughs> My favorite time in history. Um, interesting. You know, where you can go, wow, you know, I did not know that happened or, or wow, that person crossed paths with so-and-so and you, you see where I'm going with that where, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I really like the Renaissance. So, um, European Renaissance for me is fun. Um, I like the middle ages. I love anything that has to do with Scotland. Sure. Um, you love Egypt. everything, everything but I, the pesky black plague, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I think when anything, what what trips my trigger is when a really fascinating story comes up and it goes in a direction that um, I wasn't expecting um, or something that's really, you know, is unusual. So like the um, fellow that I was working with yesterday, um, he he wanted to look into this lifeline, a fellow in his 60s, and, you know, so he had a long life of really being pissed off when people told him what he could or could not do, you know, do not fence me in kind of of attitude, and um, he went back to the lifetime as a samurai warrior in the 1600s, and uh, in Japan, and what happened was, and he was very proud, and there was a whole um, culture and tradition around the samurai that was very, very sacred to them. And um, what happened was some new warlord came in or something and denied his whole group, uh, his whole community, all of their samurai ways and traditions and took their swords and um they had they had to farm mm-hmm. instead, and he was so furious and um, and so shattered because his whole 
identity was about being this samurai. And um, he eventually rebelled and ended up getting killed and, you know, tortured and killed as a oh, result. And all. But man. it was that fighting against that, you know, imposition of you can't be who you want to be. And but one of the really wonderful things that came through for him um, with that session was the message that, you know, even though the samurai was a very warlike um, mm -hmm. culture, that there also was this very softer spiritual side and there was honor and integrity and and yeah. community and that that really was the thing that he was supposed to be carrying forward and living in his current life and that he needed it was time for him to drop that rebellious um, quality that he would brought forward mm -hmm. so he kind of brought forward and focused on the wrong thing and so that this correction was being put in that that really there was so much else about that lifetime and that culture that was really really positive and that's what you know they that his guidance was instructing him to to really start focusing on now that that's super interesting i got a quick question sure. um you know one that's kind of different and this i just got hit via facebook from one of our listeners one of our many many listeners we love you all we do <laughs> There is an old wives' tale that if you have a birthmark, and I, you've heard this one, I'm sure, Dan, that is yeah. the wound that you died from in a past life. Any water being held by that theory? Actually, um, I've had many clients come in, and we find that birthmarks do relate to um, fatal wounds in the past life. And there's a couple stories in my book of, of people whose birthmarks um, relate to that. And that wasn't even why they came in, but it would be just sort of a on the side. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, they found out they had a spear go through through their back and through the front of their chest. And sure. it's like, I have the weirdest birthmark right there, <laughs> right where that spear went in. So So um, there is yeah. a little bit of something to that. That's just not hubbub. Yeah. yeah, it's just not an old wives tale. There is definitely some validity to that. I don't know if every single birthmark does, yeah. but you know, if you have an unusual birthmark, that it there's a good suspicion that it does relate to a past life injury. I knew a guy with a giant birthmark on his forehead. I used to tease him, went, "Dude, you must have died a horrible death in a past <laughs> life." Could have. <laughs> when you're in between lives, do you have an awareness of all of your lives? Do you have that sense of totality? Um, that's a really great question. Um. People do get the much bigger picture. Um, since I'm working with them when they're in that state and asking them specific questions and directing them towards specific things, um, we don't necessarily embrace all of that. But but I can pose a question and ask, you know, I might pose a question and say, are there other lifetimes that relate to this issue? I'd like you to get just, you know, a glimpse or something we can anchor on that if it's important for us to see. And they'll boom right away get, oh, yeah, I, you know, I was a teacher in, you know, in Spain in 1600 and something happened. So they, they do have much quicker access. But as far as going to that place where you see the entire kaleidoscope, of your experience mm -hmm. all at once 
Um, I've only had a few people go there. I was going to say, I wonder how many lives that we have lived. I mean, is there some type of number that we could throw on that most of us or are we, Uh, you know, hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands. Um, And the fun thing is that, you know, some souls like to come back really quick Mm -hmm. and some like to take it a little more easy. And what I've found that if you die a violent death or a young death, um, that very often you come back quickly because you really have a lot of unfinished business because maybe that wasn't what the plan was, you okay. know, what the original intention was and, and your life got cut short. So those, those people will usually come back pretty fast. Um, but if you've had a long, full life full of love and accomplishment and all that, you might decide not to come back for a couple hundred years. But and yeah. one thing that... Take a break. Always has bothered me. I know we only got five minutes left, but it's always bothered me about past lives is why can we not retain that knowledge that we have learned from these other lives and bring it to our present? Well, we can um, retain some of it, but part of what happens, it's sort of like the veil drops when we come into the body. And um, part part of the learning is about starting fresh um it's kind of like if we remembered if we came into this life remembering all of the great loves that we had in the past sure it'd be kind of confusing (laughs) and it might be really really hard to to focus on life and the, the point is when we come into this lifetime with the body and personality that we have this time around we have certain intentions and we need to really engage mm-hmm. in our current life and do the best that we can. And our issues and problems and, and likes and dislikes come up for a reason. They come up because we're wanting to complete things from the past. We're maybe wanting to clear things out or finish something we didn't finish. But it just it has to happen um, a little bit without that understanding so that gotcha. it's the gotcha. new experience, the new learning. It makes and, sense. It makes sense because I've also yeah. heard that we run into the same people time after time after time in our lives too. That you know, Yeah, we very often do. Yeah. And these are going to be the people that we have very, very strong love relationships with. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're the people that give us the biggest pain in the butt. But And the reason that they're doing is that be, because we've kind of signed up to be each other's, um, you know, push for growth. <laughs> Nemesis. Nemesis. That's right. We come with our own nemesis. Do not worry. uh, You know, the Golden State Warriors and the Cavaliers. Oh, here we are again. (laughs) Back at this again. You're near there, aren't you, Ann? Ooh, are you a Warrior fan? Golden State Warriors. Yep. Oh, you know. Cavs Cavs are going to lose. Sorry. Just saying, man. Burst in your bubble right now. My yeah. bubble has already been burst. I'm just saying. Four games. Pre, you know. Pre-bursted, pre-bursted it is, bubble. It, it is know. pre-bursted. It is very, very I know, I know. What, what? wrapping things up very quickly. First of all, we need to tell people how to get a hold of you. So yes, let's do that. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah so um, I have a website. It's past lives. That's all one word in plural. Dot org, O-R-G. So it's P-A-S-T-L-I-V-E-S dot O-R-G. 
Um, and as I said, I do in-person and Skype sessions. So you can be any, pretty much anywhere in the world. As long as you have a good internet connection, yeah. then we're good to go. Um, and just about all the information is on my website. There's links to my book, which is called The Past Life Perspective. And that can also be gotten through, you know, most all your major book retailers as well. Um, and... That's kind of my basic information. Very, very cool, Anne. But thanks a ton for coming on the show. It, it has been enlightening. It really has been. And uh, the reason why I say that is it really has been because I think you've discussed it and and really shown us better than most could how this crazy, sometimes crazy, past life journey works and yeah. answered a lot of questions for us. And really, really well, and enjoyed talking about it. Such fascinating work that I could talk about it for hours oh, and hours. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> thank you absolutely. for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. And Barham, everybody. Check out her stuff out there. Get her books. Visit pastlives.org. Make sure you do it. Learn where you came from. Maybe even sign up for uh, with her to, to have one of these sessions. Let us know. If you do decide to do that, let us know. Let us know who you were in a past life. But until next time, everyone, take care of each other, love each other. Hmm, I wonder who you were in a past life. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM. And please remember to like us on Facebook and also follow us over on Twitter.